Fences made to keep certain things in and other things out. To keep the wild animals wild and the tame animals tame. But which are we? Hello and welcome to the Feral Christian Podcast, where the modern church, biblical accuracy, the Holy Spirit, and human personalities collide, and we try to make some sense of it. Our topic today is curiosity in the church. This is Eric Jackson with you, and this is a topic that I think is incredibly important If we are trying to be feral Christians, again, meaning Christians that are willing to possess all the land that God has for them, that are willing to press past fences that have been put in their lives by people other than God, usually well-meaning people, um, and are willing to live as a little bit of outsiders even inside the church, so people who are willing to be outsiders of the outsiders, so to speak. And we don't do this just to be prideful and feel like we're better than everyone else. We do this because in our heart, at the very core of who we are, we simply want to live this out right. We want everything that God has for us. And if you're trying to do that, this idea of curiosity is going to be very important. Because it is one of the issues in the modern church that has been bred out. Um, In in, in the book, Feral Christian, um, there's a whole chapter devoted to how the church has become domesticated and how to domesticate something is a process. There are steps needed. um, And part of our domestication as Christians is having certain characteristics bred out of our leadership um, and in turn trickled down to to really everybody. And so what's happened is, just like in in the domestication of an animal, is there's certain characteristics that are very desirable. And so you reward those and and you really make sure that you breed those characteristics and, and make sure those carry on to the next generation. And then there are characteristics that you say... We don't like these. These go against what we want to use this animal for. And so we need to make sure that these do not continue to be bred, that we stop them. And when it comes to the church and church culture, one of the characteristics that I believe, uh, and I'm pretty sure most people would agree, has been bred out is this idea of curiosity. And really what curiosity is, is the willingness to look into something further than what is right in front of your face. Um, the, the little spark that you get in you to say, hey, I, maybe there's more to this than meets the eye. Or, or maybe there's something for me to learn that I don't know yet. And so I'm going to take the time and I'm going to take the energy to learn, to look into this, to, to walk this out a little bit and see what's at the end of this road. And maybe it's what I already know. Um, Maybe it won't give me any clear answers, but it'll start to pique my interest and, and it'll be an ongoing thing. Or maybe there's going to be some great epiphany, but it's just this idea of there, there's a drive, there's a spark to look into things more than just what has been shown to you your whole life. And, and curiosity, I believe, 
can be a very positive thing in the life of a Christian, but I do think that it is something that has been stigmatized. Um, it is not something that is celebrated in most churches because, you know, again, as I say in the book, most churches view their church as a nice, tidy little apartment, and they don't want anybody to mess things up. And oftentimes that characteristic of being curious um, can get messy, and so it's it's something that's usually frowned upon. It's not celebrated very much. And so I guess the, the question that you have to ask first is, is curiosity needed? Is that something that the church needs? Or can we just do away with that? And so I want I want to bring you to Proverbs chapter 25, and this is verse 2. And this is what it says. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. So there's, there's a couple of things in here that I want to make sure we get. Is First of all, the Bible flat out tells us that it is kind of in God's nature to conceal some things. Um, not that he's hiding them. There, there's nothing negative about it. But the Bible tells us that God is, is so big. There's so much to him. His thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts that it is, it is in his nature, it is very normal for there to be things about him, things about, about our God that aren't readily known right now. And, and it, it, it basically lays that out to it. But then it also says, but, you know, even for kings, it is some, some translations say it is the privilege of kings, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. So not only are we allowed to search it out, not only is it okay for us to search it out, but it is our responsibility. It is our privilege. It is exciting. This is one of the few things in life that is worthwhile to try to seek out in your own life some of these things about God that, that maybe you don't know yet or maybe aren't readily known. And so I do believe that curiosity is a good thing, that it is a positive thing in the church that, that will lead to people having a deeper understanding of God. Now, here's what we need to understand is we need to be careful with curiosity. And I think that's one of the reasons that it has been bred out of the church is because as, as the church, what we tend to do is we throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so if there's something that has some positive to it, but there's the possibility to get it wrong and have it be a negative, we just tend to say it's not worth the trouble. Let's, let's throw it out. Especially if you're doing church in more of an industrialized way. We talked about that uh, before with sustainable Christianity, how, how we've, we've shifted to a very industrialized type of church. And an industrialized church is you need to be in control. You need to be able to have everything uniform. And this is something that's going to be hard. It's going to take a lot of time to make sure that this is going well. And if you're trying to just put systems in place so that everything just happens and everything's uniform, um, you're not going to want 
people being curious because as much as there's positives to it, um, there's negatives too. Because the Bible tells us there are certain mysteries, and, and it's funny, if you do a search for the word mystery in the Bible, it's all over the place, especially when it comes to God and, and his nature and who he is and, and what we know about it. It is often relayed to us as being a mystery. Um, but the Bible tells us that there are certain parts of this that have been revealed. So curiosity is not needed for certain parts. Um, and the Bible is specific it, when it has to do with Jesus Christ. So, so what, when Jesus came to earth, what he did is he took certain mysteries of God and made them clear for us to understand. So if we're going to be Christians who are curious, who are willing to look into things and ask questions and walk down some, some paths to see what's at the end of that, we can only do that if we really know what parts uh, of God are still a mystery and what parts are not. And so a really good way to start with that is anything that has to do with the life of Jesus is not a mystery. Those are the things we, we don't have to question. The Bible's clear, hey, this has been revealed. We know this. And, and those are the things that, that we preach and we teach, is the mysteries of what we know. And, and I'll, I'll give this disclaimer, especially to anyone who's listening that has influence over people, is this idea of being curious and, and searching things out that's going to be for your walk with God. It's not going to be for you to try to teach and convince other people of. The Apostle Paul, he did this with, with the Corinthians as he said, look, I, I've got all this human wisdom. I've got all this eloquence. I'm not going to use that. What I'm going to do is preach and teach to you the things that are not a mystery. So that's Jesus and him crucified and what that means. So I will teach you that. Now I'm going to teach you how to read the Bible, teach you how to walk out your faith so that you can search out these things because we need to be careful. The Bible also shows us times where people were getting all about, hey, I want personal revelation that no one else has so that I can hold it over someone's head and preach it as if it were the gospel. And we can't go that route. We, we allow ourselves to be curious about the things that are still a mystery, but it's for us. It's not to try to convince other people or start our own little sect of Christianity or anything like that. So this is the reason why a lot of churches just kind of frown upon curiosity is because if it is not taught well, if it's not done correctly, it is a negative. Because once you start questioning the things that I've that are known about God, then you're going to get way off track. And, and that's what allows you to be curious about the unknowns is when you are very solid on the things that are known. And so for you to walk this road of being a little bit more curious and saying, hey, let me let me think about this aspect. Let me let me look and, and do some research on, on these things. Do that once you really have a solid foundation of what is known about God, because that is what will allow you to do this the right way without, without hurting yourself, without hurting other people. And you might be asking, you know, is there really that much left to know about God? And I'll bring you to Job chapter 11. This is verse 7, and, and, and this is basically asking, can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? 
And that's just us understanding that God has revealed many things about himself. Um, but there are things that on this side of eternity, um, we don't, we're not going to know. But going back to Proverbs, we should, we should search it out. We should try to know. And, and, and Job is clear that you're never going to be able to, in, on this side of eternity, have a perfect picture of all the intricacies of God and say, I fully understand everything there is to know about God. And if anyone tells you that they do, um, I would suggest not listening to that person because I will be the first to say, man, I love learning more and more about God, but I know there's still so much more for me to learn and know about who he is. So we're, we're not going to know everything. And, and here's the best way I can describe it. And it's probably not a perfect example, but uh, imagine that, that you, you're walking into a room and, and there's a puzzle that is, you know, on a table and, and you don't have the box. So you don't really know what the picture looks like, but part of it has been put together for you. And um, the part that's been put together is kind of the focus, the core of everything. And so maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's a, a picture of a couple horses running. And, and that piece of the puzzle has been put together. So you go, okay, I know uh, a good chunk of what this picture is. Um, and, and I don't really know everything. I don't know where they're running. I don't know if it's day or night. I don't know if it's in a field or on a farm. I don't know, you know, whatever. And so as you start to try to find some pieces that fit together, you might just start to get a better picture. You know, maybe you find a couple pieces that go together and it shows some flowers. And, and now you can wrap your head a little bit more around what this whole scene is. Um, it doesn't change. You've always known what the core of this is. You've always known what the focus is. And, and really, the main part is has always been there for you. But the more that you're willing to try to find pieces that fit and try to look, you might start to see, you know, maybe a, a red barn there. And, and now, okay, I can start to get my head wrapped around a little bit of this. And, and that's my encouragement when I, when I basically ask, are you willing to add some curiosity to your walk with God? Um, it's not about being able to hold revelation over other people or be smarter than someone else. It's about how can I, on this side of eternity, have the best picture of who God is, knowing that I'm never going to get all the pieces put together. I'm never going to, that, that's, that's for the other side of eternity. But right here, am I willing to put in the time and the work and the energy and all those things to the best of my ability, get even a better understanding of who God is? Because the Bible tells, tells me that that's not only okay, it's my privilege. And so why would I not want to do that. And that's why even me as a Christian, I'm not scared of like good science. Um, now, I, I know some of you are going to be like, well, there's there's a lot of really bad science out there where the scientist is, you know, knows what outcome they want. And so they're, they're 
you know, really cherry picking their tests and things like that. And yes, that probably does happen. And so you should research and and see who is the scientist behind these things. But really good science doesn't scare me as a pastor because if it's good science, it'll help me have better theology. It will help me fill in some of the blanks that, that I don't know. Because again, as a Christian, I never question the Bible. I never question the words of the Bible. I believe it's infallible. I think infallible works too, but either one, it's perfect. But I do question interpretation of it. And that has been an, an issue in the church for a while is people get confused and they start to not even be able to differentiate what is biblical, like true, here are the words of the Bible, and what is someone else's interpretation of the Bible. And so what happens is when something comes out that doesn't go against the Bible, but disproves maybe someone else's interpretation of the Bible— we get all up in arms and we get really mad. And I don't think we should do that because interpretations are not infallible. Those are people who, to the best of their ability, were trying to help explain the Bible with, with what they had. And, and that's great. And you should put stock into that. But curiosity says that I am not going to view other people's interpretations as the same as the Bible. And we need to be able to differentiate that. Now, there's probably a reason why they had that interpretation. So you do it. Part of being curious is also saying, here's what I've been told my whole life. It's it's an interpretation of the Bible, but let me research why they had that interpretation. Because they might have really solid, solid stuff that, that holds up to scrutiny that you can say, hey, now not only do I know what their interpretation was, I know why I believe it. But that's part of our job as Christians is to not just believe everything that we're told. Paul even said to the Bereans, like, I love that when I preach to you, you go check the Bible. You make sure that you know why I came to the conclusion that I came to, and, and you're going to question me if I am misreading scripture. And that's, that's curiosity, guys. That's what that is. The Bereans were curious, and Paul loved it. He was excited about it. He's like, yes, you guys are going and checking, and you're, you're trying to make sure that you really have your head wrapped around this stuff. And so curiosity, it is important, but it requires a couple things. It requires you know what mysteries have already been revealed. You have to know that if you are going to search out the other mysteries. Again, that's why in in Proverbs, it says it's the privilege of kings. Like, it's a privilege. You put in the work to get to a place where you're allowed, where, where you're ready to start to research these things. So you have to know the Bible. You have to know what's been revealed. Really know who Jesus is and, and what parts of God have already been revealed through that. And then what you do is you say, okay, these other parts of God that are still a mystery, I want to know more. I want to know as much as I can, not so that I can tell other people what to believe, but so for my walk with God, I have the best, most accurate, most vivid picture 
of who he is. And that is going to take curiosity, which is a, a spark and a passion to learn, to research, to ask questions. And if we're going to be feral Christians, that is essential for us to be able to do that. So I'm going to move on. I'm going to ask some questions that, uh, that you guys asked me. Um, I will say quickly, if you want to ask questions um, or if you have an idea for a topic that you would love for me to cover on a podcast, um, hit me up on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram. And if you want to know how to find that, you can find all of that. Even email me um, right at our website, which is theferalchristian.com. Um, you'll have links to all that. If you want to email me, it is theferalchristian at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Um, and the other great thing is if you kind of link up with me on social media, I would love to have you share these podcasts on social media. That's how this conversation is going to grow. And that's the point is, is I want as many people connected um, that want to live this thing out accurately as possible. And so it would really help me out. It would help this conversation out if you think that this is something worthwhile to go ahead and share that on your social media. So first question is, how can I tell if I'm exercising curiosity or becoming a conspiracy theorist? I love that question because um, conspiracy theory is, is getting more and more popular and, and it is a borderline. And I do think we need to be careful because um, we can go way off track. And so, I mean, the, the first thing I'll say is, is what I had said before is you need to know what is already revealed and not question that. And that'll help shape some of that. But the other thing is you need to have good friends, um, good friends that are trying to be feral Christians, but that are wise, that will call you out and then as you're going through, because being curious, it's always a process. It's, it's some question that sparks in your mind and you go, oh man, I never really thought about that. What does the Bible actually say? What have I been told? And what I will say is have good friends that, will, that you can talk to as you are going through that process. Because the issue comes with, you know, usually it only takes one lie, one, um, you know, two things that you connected that really shouldn't be connected in your mind and you can start to get way off. And so to have people in your life that you are talking through as you're doing it, close people who, you know, you're not trying to convince them, you're not trying to teach them, but people who as you're saying, hey, I'm kind of starting this process and here's what I'm thinking and here's kind of the path I'm going down can say, hey, you know what, right here, um, I, I think you need to go back to this and look at this again because I think that this part might be wrong. And, and, it, and do it, don't wait until you have this whole concept solidified um, because then it's like you fall in love with, with the, the conclusion you came to. So you got to have someone and, and hopefully multiple people that you're talking things through as you go um, to keep you from, again, it only takes one wrong turn. And if there's no one there to, you know, say, hey, you might want to look at this. I don't think this turn is right. 
then you can really get off track. And so make sure you have people in your life who aren't afraid to say, hey man, I think you're dead wrong on this. Um, here's some scripture that that you really seem to be ignoring on this. Um, and that's going to help you from going way off track, which again is very important if you want to be a Christian that is trying to learn and trying to press through fences in your life. Second question, are there other characteristics I can develop to help encourage more curiosity? I think the biggest thing is um, flexibility. Um, And again, to be clear, in order to be flexible where you should be flexible, you have to be solid where you need to be solid. And you have to understand where are the areas of my belief that cannot be flexible, that cannot move, that cannot shift. And I need to know those things and I need to be committed to those things staying put and not being touched. When I can do that, then as I look at the other things, And as I'm learning new information, I can be flexible in those things because I know those are the mystery areas that, hey, this is kind of the consensus that I've been taught ever since I've been a child, but I'm going to be a little flexible because that's it's not necessarily from the Bible. It's not necessarily something that has truly been revealed through the life of Jesus. And so now I'm going to learn how to be a little flexible on just the traditions like, hey, the Bible doesn't say it, but this is just what everyone around me just has assumed is right. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow myself to be a little bit flexible on that um, as as I'm learning more and as God is revealing more to me. And that's where I'll say this is going to be the hardest for people who grew up in the church because um, you've grown up not just learning the Bible, which is good, but learning interpretations of the Bible. Um, and and a lot of people that I talk to who grew up in the church, they have a hard time even dif- differentiating what is truly in the Bible and what they've just kind of been told their whole life as a, well, this is what it means. Um, even though the this is what it means isn't really from the Bible. It's just this is this is what we've always believed. This is how people tend to think it works. And so that's where it gets dangerous is when we attach biblical certainty to human interpretation. Um, that is a that's a recipe for domestication um, and and for us being fenced in. And so that is, I would say that's a characteristic if you can develop that. And it goes back to, we're going to be doing a podcast pretty soon here um, on values. And it's, again, that whole concept of knowing what can't be changed, knowing what, hey, this is solid, do not touch this, which allows you to find the things that are able to be switched a little bit. And be flexible in those things. And, and that's the way ten, things tend to work out the best for us. Um, last question here is, what are some mysteries you think we still have yet to solve? Uh, that's, a, that's a tough question. Um, I don't think it's, it's any like, you know, is the Loch Ness Monster real type thing about God. I think what it is, is there's these mysteries understanding what it all means and and the depth of it. 
And so, you know, there's things we know about God. Like, we know that God is just, that, that justice is who he is. And so we can say, okay, we know that about God. But what's hard is, do we know what justice is? Because we might say, hey, in my life, this has been my experience of what justice is. But that's not how it works. God doesn't change to become our definition of what justice is. The more we know who God is, the more we understand justice. And it's the same thing with with good. God is good. That is who he is. You can't separate good from God. And John Bevere wrote a whole book on this is, is we can't say, well, here's my definition of good, so therefore I know who God is. It's the more we know who God is, the more we know what good is. And so I think the mysteries are not necessarily a certain question that needs to be answered. Just going back to that visual of the puzzle is the mysteries are how clear of a picture, how, how can I, I press into God to, to get even a little bit more of a glimpse so that when I think of God and, and, I, and I see this puzzle, yes, there's, there's still going to be some blank pieces that he's going to reveal to me, but I, I have as much as I can. And, and if I still have breath in my lungs, I'm going to want to know more. I'm, I'm going to want to press in. And so it's much more of not looking for the simple answer of, okay, God's, God's just, what does that mean? Well, Here's what someone else said, so okay, I'll say thumbs up and I'll move on. It's that curiosity to go, but I want to know at the depths of my soul, I want to understand, I want to know who God is. When someone says the word God, I want to have I, I want to really have my head wrapped around all these different concepts, more than just have a definition that someone else gave me. I know, I can, I can sense it, I can feel it because I've taken the time, I've put in the energy to know him, to little by little have him unravel just a little bit of this mystery of what does it mean to be just? What does it mean to be good? And just that takes time, that takes energy, and it takes curiosity. It takes a fire and a passion to want to know, to not just get someone else's definition, but to press in. And the question is, if you want to be a feral Christian, do you have well, are you willing to put in the energy to not just press into God, to know him more and more and more, but the energy to research and learn what are the mysteries you've already revealed to me? What are the things I can know that I know that don't need me to be curious? And now that I have that, am I willing to push, push forward, put in more energy to say that's not enough? God, I want to know you more not just someone else's definition. I want to see it. I, I, want, I want the depth of knowledge. God, what does it mean that you're just? What does it mean that you're good? What does it mean that you are faithful? And that is the joy of curiosity. And that passion is what's going to help you push through fences because you know on the other side of that fence is, is more of a knowledge of who God is. And we, as Christians need to have that fire in our life. So that's all I have for you today. Remember to test some fences in your life and do everything you can to possess the land God is calling you to possess. Until next time. What if I told you that on the other side of these fences, there is land 
where the Pauls and the Timothys used to walk. That just beyond these fences of church pews, traditions, and rules, there are forests that we once owned. That right past the that's just how it's done's and just do what you're told's lay a place where we can regain what we've lost. Our strength, our senses, our power, the ability to live the way we were always meant to live. What if they're all still there, waiting for us? Just beyond the fence.